Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me in the Gospel of John chapter 10. We're going to look today at the classic verse, verse 10. So we'll be in John 10, 10. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to carry you into the hyper life that God has planned for you and has revealed for you in his word. Praise God. So we're going to jump into the word in just a moment. And let me give you a reminder. We are almost at Pentecost. We're just a few days away. And on the 21st through the 23rd, we will be celebrating Pentecost. Praise God. And we're going to bring in our pure gold offerings. This is for the television ministry. And my friends, it is time to begin to get ready to launch them and bring them into the house of the Lord. Now, of course, you can mail them in or you can bring them in online through our website, stephenbrooks.org. But I believe God is up to something special and the golden oil of prosperity is going to be poured upon your offering and multiplied back to you. Some of you, bless your hearts, you've already gotten your seed in and we are receiving them. We are praying over them and we are deeply thankful for your giving and for you standing with us in this ministry through the television outreach. Now, of course, you're watching me on the internet, but our largest outreach is through television. We're able to reach many, many people. And even with the great growth of the television ministry, I'll still be here for you on the internet, ministering God's good word to you twice every week. So thank you for thinking of others and for souls that don't know Christ, as many are being touched around the world through those programs. Amen. Now, let's pray before we jump into today's study. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and bring illumination to our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears so that we can see and hear the truths of your word and walk in them. Father, let the light flow the light of understanding, the light of inward illumination, the light of your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that in the Old Testament, he was pictured in some ways as the, the, the menorah lamp that would burn, the burning fire on the menorah, the menorah representing Christ, the fire representing the Spirit, the illumination of the work of Christ. And so, Father, this is very important for us to understand what Jesus accomplished for us at Calvary, and which he is speaking on in, in this verse we're going to be looking at. So we thank you for the oil burning bright in our understanding. In Jesus' name, let us agree and say amen, because the oil of revelation is flowing. Now, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let's stop just for a moment because the Lord here is talking and we need to ask ourselves the question, who is the thief that is being referenced here? The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Well, if we are to examine this in context, reading John chapter 9 and reading on through John chapter 10, we see that he's primarily dealing with the religious leaders, particularly the Pharisees who are giving him a hard time. And 
You could say in some sense that the thief that is being referred to here would be false leaders or corrupt leaders, false teachers, teachers that are misleading God's people. And, you know, there are not only false leaders, uh, even that can be within, as we would say, the church, but there can also be forces outside that are greatly arrayed with false teachings and heretical doctrines, and we find that mentioned in verse 1 of John chapter 10. So let's look at that just for a moment because we're looking at the overall theme of who the thief is. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. In other words, climbs up some other way endeavoring to discover kingdom secrets some other way outside of the way that God prescribed in his word. And you do have certain ones that try to get into the the spirit realm or the supernatural realm, and they have found access, but they climbed up some other way. They didn't come through Christ. And Christ is the only mediator between God in heaven and man on earth. And if you're trying to get into the spirit realm any other way, you are, according to Jesus, you're a thief and a robber. And it is the Holy Spirit who reveals Christ to us. And it is the Holy Spirit who will manifest according to the will of the Father and the Son. And you just can't go around pushing buttons, making that happen. But there are those that operate in occult power or have yielded themselves to evil spirits, and they can go into a trance. They can see a vision just as easy as as me taking a drink of my hot tea right here, which I'll, I'll do just for a moment. But these are people that are endeavoring to climb up some other way. There is a, a, a man in the community who is a very high-ranking uh, New Age person. A matter of fact, about about 40 miles from here, a few, uh, some years back, there was a large gathering of New Age people, and they had desired to build this certain facility uh, up on top of a mountain about about 40 miles from here. And the facility was going to cost about $30 million, and they put a lot of money into it. Uh, no telling how many millions they put into it, but um, eventually it didn't pan out. They built all of these facilities and bought several hundred acres of a beautiful mountaintop view land. And uh, he was in, this certain man was involved in all of that. They all knew each other. Nevertheless, that big building project failed, and that place now sits vacant and empty. Well, Pastor Stephen, why don't you go buy it for the ministry? Uh, they invested too many spirits. <laughs> Uh, wrong spirits onto that property, invited them. And uh, and so, no, I wouldn't, you'd have to do a lot of cleansing. And not only that, the architecture is um, bizarre architecture that doesn't glorify Christ. It actually invites uh, evil spirits. And so back to the story of this certain uh, new age guy, uh, high, high level guru. Um, believe it or not, actually one time he came to my church And I knew who he was and wasn't the least bit concerned about him because with many people that would be in new age or uh, mysticism in a sense of mysticism outside of Christ, uh, a lot of times they're nice people. They can be very good people that have 
a heart for peace. They don't want violence. They don't want war. But of course, uh, good people don't go to heaven. Only people that are washed with the blood of Christ and have Christ as their Lord and Savior go to heaven. You don't go to heaven through good works, because if you could make it through good works, then Christ died in vain. So the truth is, is that humanity is flawed with sin, and Christ came to redeem lost mankind, separated from God because of their sin, through his death, his atoning death upon the cross. Now, this gentleman came to my church. I knew who he was, and he knew that I'm a minister that is what we would call full gospel uh, Pentecostal type preacher that believes in miracles. And so uh, he's there in my church. But, you know, I knew, you know, keep an eye on him because I don't trust him because he's he's under the influence strongly of evil spirits. And sure enough, I found out later that he approached one of my deacons, caught him over in the corner somewhere or something like that, and said, hey, I have a message for you from your aunt. And, you know, my deacon was like, well, my aunt died, you know, so, so, so many years ago. He goes, I know, I have a message from her to you. And he goes, no, 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 we don't, we don't do that stuff around here. <laughs> so, you know, we're a well-trained group, praise God. And uh, uh, his stuff pretty much, he couldn't get anything going here. You know, he left, only showed up once. But uh, uh, I know another businessman, spiritual businessman, who said, Stephen, I ran across him, and we somehow came up on the subject of UFOs, extraterrestrials, and stuff like that. And my friend said, you know, I don't believe in that. And that guy said, well, if you don't believe in it, I can prove it to you. If you want to get my vehicle, I can take you out to one right now. And he, my friend said, Stephen, when he said that to me, I, I was like afraid because he was like 100% positive he could. I mean, just like just like going by and showing you a house, go by and show you a tree. He's like, I can go take you to one right now if you really want to see one. <laughs> so, so, you know, and, and if you yield to that, to that spirit that's on him and, and he, he carries you into that realm of the spirit to see in the spirit, then you can get slimed really, really bad by the devil. And so these are people that do climb into the access of maybe seeing certain things because they're getting into the spirit realm, but they're not going there legally. And they are climbing up, as Jesus said, some other way. And he said the same as a thief and a robber. And so you have those that are out there today in the world that are false teachers they're really thieves and robbers. They would present themselves as being a man of peace, a message of peace. But if it doesn't exalt Christ and Christ alone, it is a false religion, and it's only leading to one place. It's leading to separation from God in hell. Uh, I'm thinking about one, I, I won't say his name, but one global leader. And uh, he's a, a man of peace, and he goes around and talks about how we all need to unite in peace. But, um, you know, the Bible says there is no peace for the wicked. And, uh, and it's not like you have to be a wicked person in the sense where you're going out murdering people. But it's the separation of sin. It, it's sin separating from God that keeps you out of a state of being righteous. And so this religious leader is just trying to get people to do good works, thinking if we all do good works and help each other, then the world will become a better place. But you know what? They all fail to acknowledge the reality of flawed humanity because of sin. If 
if you are ever in Israel and you travel to the beautiful port city of Haifa, which is a very large port, and uh, right on the coast of Israel, the beautiful Mediterranean-type coast, uh, you'll notice that there is a shrine that's sitting way up on a hill with probably some of the most beautiful landscaping and gardening you'll, you'll ever see just about here on the earth as far as cultivating beautiful flowers and things like that. But that is another religion, and this one is called the Shrine of the Bob. That's what you're looking at is actually a shrine. And that is a another religion that would be like a unity-type religion, and it's the uh, headquarters of the Baha'i faith. And that is basically a faith that believes that Jesus was just, he was a great leader, kind of like the others. And so they all rolled Jesus in with all of them together, Jesus and Buddha and Muhammad. They were all these good leaders that were all moving the world together towards, forward towards a uh, one world unified faith. And and it's again, it's all based on good works. Usually if you meet these people in these false religions, they're very, very nice people. They're very sweet people. They, in some ways, wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> but you don't get to heaven by being a sweet person. You don't get to heaven by handing out goodie baskets and uh, doing good deeds, although that's a wonderful thing. And we need a, we need a world of more good deeds. But you only get to heaven by putting your faith and trust in Christ, the Savior of the world, and receiving receiving what he did for us at Calvary, purchasing our redemption upon that cross, redemption from sin and the curse of the law and all of that. So my friends, Christ is the only answer. So there are many uh, false religions. There are many false teachers. In a sense, there are many thieves because all of these things, all of these other methods and systems and gadgets and gurus and this and that, Paul said, if it's if it's not Christ, then let it be accursed. Let it all be accursed because it's, it's a false message and it's a wrong message. Mm-mm. I had a, a lady knock on my door, tried to hand me some literature of a false religion. You could probably guess who it was. And, um, you know, they send them out two by two. You know, they, they, they present themselves as being dressed real nice and having it all together. I've even had families show up before trying to portray an image of we got it all together. Our, you know, as, as if your, your squeaky clean image is going to get you into heaven. No, it doesn't work like that. Only faith in Christ and his atoning work at Calvary. Only, only faith in Christ is what gets you into heaven. Mm-mm. Not by being a goody two-shoe. Well, one of these ladies, uh, they knocked on my door. I answered, oh, you know, answered the door and, and, uh, she just sticks, tries to stick right into my hand their, their magazine that's put out by their headquarters. And I said, no, I, I said, you know, I'm not trying to be rude, but I said, I can't accept that. Um, and I'm not, I can't just accept it to be nice to you. I said, I believe that's, that's wrong teaching. I believe it's heretical teaching. Anybody that says Satan is Jesus's brother, I can't accept teaching like that. So I can't accept your magazine. I said, I appreciate all of the good things that you do that make society better by being a good person. But I said, faith and sal- I said, salvation alone is in Christ. You're saved by grace through faith. And she just looked at me like uh, I was a crazy person. But, <laughs> hey, I'm not taking that magazine. Think what you want. And she, you know, uh, she understood that. And, and when I told her I was a pastor, she got afraid because she realizes, oh, he knows the scriptures. I can't, I can't mess with him. And uh, so it just is what it is, my friends. Watch out. There's many forms 
of thievery that are out there, and they don't all wear these like little bandit things over their eyes and you know you know dress in black and stuff like that. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Praise the Lord. Now, if we look at this in a larger image, because even in the same chapter, we see also that in like, for example, verse 20, and many of them said, speaking about Jesus, they said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So there were those that said he was demon possessed. So really this whole thing, false teachers and uh, the thieves and so forth. Yes, it can be uh, men teaching false doctrine. It could be false leaders. It could be false religions. But if we boil it all down, it's all in a sense something that's under the influence of demonic inspiration. So it's really under the kingdom of darkness, under Satan's dominion, where these things are coming. So we can, in a sense, safely say that the thief is Satan. And because it's everything that he has, it's all of his junk, all the false teaching, all of the, all of the misleading stuff that takes people into hell. And we can just surmise it as that. The thief does not come except to, first of all, steal. And he's out to steal your joy. Don't let him take it. He's out to steal your health. Don't let him take it. He can be out to steal your blessing. Don't let him Take it. You are instructed in God's word to resist the devil. You know what? You wouldn't just let a thief knock on your door and you open the door and he says, hi, I'm a thief. I'm here just to clean out all of your wealth and all of your possessions. And you say, well, you know, come on in, you know, just do what you need to do. I, I guess you're a thief and you just need to do what you do. I'm like, hold on a minute. You're not coming in here. Mm-mm. Even if you try to force yourself in, we, we have ways to repel that force. <laughs> it's not a, you have not come to a safe spot for yourself. This is a very dangerous spot technically for you. And so, yes, we are going to resist strongly strongly and we know the laws we know the laws of the land we we know the laws of uh, things you know de- dealing with this type of nature and we are going to resist the thief we are going to resist the devil and he he's going to still try to steal but he's not getting in here and that's the way you have to be with your life you have to have protective barriers you have to have uh, a line of resistance and you hold that line amen now the thief does not come except to steal and to kill. And the devil, uh, you have to understand, he has no conscience. It's not like killing bothers him. He actually, in a perverted, twisted way, takes joy out of it. So watch out, because he tries to uh, tries to kill people, and he'll try to put sickness and disease on them and fake them out and get them to receive it. Why? He wants, he wants them off the planet. He wants to kill them. And so uh, th- those are things that he tries to do. Also, you really want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You're, you want your life to be led by the Holy Spirit so that you don't walk into some kind of an accident or be involved in something that is a setup where the enemy is trying to take you out. Praise the Lord. So you want to be aware of those types of things. You, you don't want to be overly focused on the devil or on the thief or something like that, but you just need to know that in this world that there are these things that are out there and you need to be walking in God's will. Praise the Lord. So he comes to steal and he comes to kill and he comes to destroy and he can try to destroy uh, 
a ministry. Watch out. You know, I, it was about two years ago and there was one particular ministry. I won't name the name of it, but it seems that the leader, the CEO, the founder of the ministry, he had gotten older, uh, and he'd been running the ministry for probably over 40 years, but I think he let his guard down, and I think he put some people into leadership that weren't qualified, and then there began to be financial uh, irregularities, and then he let his daughter run the ministry uh, underneath him, and then he and her began to fight and quarrel about the money, and the next thing you knew, the whole thing began to fall apart. And you know what he said? He goes, well, there goes a 40-year billion-dollar ministry up in smoke. And it was bringing in a billion dollars a year, not a million, a billion with the B. So it was one of the largest uh, ministries, not only in America, in the, in the earth. So uh, I think it collapsed. I haven't really followed what happened. But either way, when, whenever you see something like the, particularly like fighting, but of, of all things between the father, the founder of the organization and the daughter, who was, you know, put in, in charge to run things. That's just, that's heartbreaking to see things like that. I, my wife and I were just made aware of another ministry. Uh, the father passed the mantle onto the daughter, but the daughter wasn't mature enough to handle it. And she got in there and started using a, a lot of the money of the ministry for personal gain. And the next thing you know, there's quarreling and fighting between her and her father. And the father died and when he died, there was actually a legal lawsuit going on between the two. And this is a, a ministry, spirit-filled, so-called spirit-filled ministry, and a large one at that. Oh, Lord, have mercy. What's going on? The devil's a killer. He'll try to kill a ministry. He'll try to kill a business. He'll try to get in there and kill a marriage. Watch out. He is a, he is a thief. And these are, uh, the, these are his calling cards, stealing and killing and destroying, and he, he will try to destroy things that you've worked for that took you 20 or 30 years to build up. Watch out. He'd like to get in there and destroy it, put you all the way back at zero. Do not let him do it. Stand your ground against him and walk in the light of all of God's commandments. Praise the Lord. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come now, here is one of the primary mission mandates of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have come that they, now that would be his followers, believers, those that put their trust in him. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, the word life in the Greek is the word zoe, Z-O-E. Now, what I'm about to share, I would like for you to really give your, your, your highest level of attention because revelation is flowing. When I'm talking about revelation, I'm not talking about the book of, of the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in the Bible. I'm talking about unveiling, unveiling the word and the Holy Spirit is bringing insight to your understanding to step into something that Jesus was sent to earth to release to his believers, his followers to walk in and to enjoy. So, he said, I have come that they may have life. So Jesus came that you may have life. The word life in the Greek is the word zoe, Z-O-E. And zoe is the most noble word for life in the Greek language. 
let me give you an example just for a moment of the weight of what Jesus just said. Uh, for example, in the English, we have the word love, but that word covers a lot of distance. It covers a lot of meaning. I can say, I love ice cream. And then I can turn right around and I can say, I love God. But you're left trying to judge by the context, the level of love. And you can't really tell just off that expression because in our language, you only only have one word for love. But in the Greek language, you have five distinctly different words for love. And so you can categorize the type of love you're referring to by using a different word to apply to your meaning. Now, it's the same thing in our English language with the, with the word life. We only have one word uh, so that we use for life. But in the Greek, you have, again, different words that you could select and pull from uh, if you're referring to a certain type or quality of life. In the Greek, you have the word, for example, called bios, B-O, excuse me, B-I-O-S. And that word bios refers distinctly to physical life. But then again, you also have the word suke. And that word suke in the Greek refers to physical life that's governed by the emotions and feelings. By the way, when Jesus said you, you have to uh, lose your life in order to find it, when he said you have to lose your life, that's what he's talking about, the suke type of life. It is a physical life, but it's a life that's governed by emotions and feelings. So Jesus said, you have to lose that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So uh, a lot of times when we're reading, of course, our English Bibles, we can't pick all of those nuances up, but that's why we study God's word. But Jesus knew exactly what he's pulling from because he could speak Hebrew, he could speak Aramaic, and he could also speak Greek. And he's pulling certain words on purpose because he wants us to understand what he's uh, the thrust of what he's trying to make. Now, he used the word zoe when he talked about the type of life that he brings. I have come that they may have life. I have come that they may have zoe. The Greek scholar Spiros Zodiates, by the way, I used to listen to him a lot on the radio uh, 20 or so years back. Uh, I'm sure he's probably in heaven now. But the Greek scholar Spiros Zodiates, in his Greek word study, he defined the word zoe as, listen to this, he defined zoe as being the highest and best life which Christ gives to the believers. It is the highest level of being blessed as a child of God. Wow. Now, that's what I want you to focus and think about. Jesus came that you might have his life, that you might have Zoe. Jesus came that you might have the highest and best life that he gives to you as a believer. He came that you might have the highest level of being blessed as a child of God. Now, now watch how he stacks extra on that, which seems to be the consistent nature of God. I have come that they might have life, that they might have Zoe life, and that they might have it more abundantly. So when you're trying to digest 
the very fact that Jesus said, I came that you could have Zoe life. And you're, you're thinking about, wow, Lord, that really does entail a lot. I mean, you're, you're basically saying that I could live at the highest level of living, the, the richest level of the blessing. You're saying that you came so I could live that. I, and, and then right after that, he stacks more on that they may have it more abundantly. Wow more abundantly piled on top of Zoe. So I'm here today to present to you that you have room, I think you do, for more of God's goodness, more of God's heavy blessing, more of God's Zoe life to ooze into your life and to fill your life out in a more beautiful and reflective way of the God quality of living in your life. Your life has many different compartments, but let all of the different compartments of your life and all of the different chambers of your heart be flooded with the Zoe life of God, which again, according to a Greek scholar means the highest and best life, which Christ gives to the believers. It is the highest level of being blessed as a child of God. Are you there yet? Well, I think we're all uh, ready for more of the increased for the Zoe life of God. Mm -mm. I am convinced that God is going to make his sons and daughters in the earth the envy of the unbelievers. Well, the sinners look at the children of light and say, wow, they're living far better then we're living. And I'm not just talking about material type stuff, of course. I'm talking about levels of peace and levels of joy and uh, levels of walking in answers and overcoming every challenge and every difficulty. And they just look and think, wow, there is something about their life that there is a quality they have that the, I, I don't have that. And they see it not only upon individual believers, they especially see it upon the church, the collective body of believers together, the joy off the charts, the happiness, the blessing off the charts. While, while they are out there struggling, sweating, trying to figure out how to just survive, and even, even the ones that have prosperity, yet they, they still, they're hit by fear. Uh, because so many of these people that have a lot of wealth, you know what their fear is? They have a fear of losing it. <laughs> so <laughs> they finally got it, but they find out that, I mean, boom, just like that, a stock can go up, it can go down, and billions literally can be lost overnight. So, you know, this high level of living can only be experienced in the Lord Jesus Christ. So now, when he talks about this Zoe quality of life, the highest state of the blessing operating in your life, he does say right after that, and that they may have it more abundantly. And this is the nature of God. This more abundance is the nature of God. The phrase more abundantly in the Greek is just one word, and it is the word parasos. And it means more abundant. It also can be translated as over and above. I like this next one. It can be translated as more than is necessary. 
Well, Pastor Stephen, if it's more than than necessary, is it even necessary? That's not the point. That's just the way God is. (laughs) Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. More abundantly means more than is necessary. It means exceeding abundantly. And it also can be translated as supremely. Mm -mm. Supremely blessed. Glory to God. Zoe life. And topped off with the supreme blessing of God upon your life. This is what Jesus died and shed his blood for on Calvary. Yes, to redeem lost humanity back to him, but to live in this God quality of life while we are here on the earth, overcoming everything that the enemy would try to place in our path, overcoming every obstacle through the power, the goodness, and the blessing of the Lord. By the way, if you're thinking that this is sounding a little bit familiar with another verse, uh, you're correct. This is beginning to, to resonate a lot like the statement that the Apostle Paul made in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And you'll find out that, of course, is the same type of language, the same type of terminology, and the same Greek words that are being used. And I want us now to journey over there to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Do you sense that you have room for more of God's Zoe life within your life? Or do you say, Pastor Stephen, I've tapped out. I don't have anything room. I don't have any more room for God's goodness. I've just got so much. I can't even, I can't take another ounce. No, you can take another ounce. You could probably take another gallon. Hallelujah. But you have to believe it. And you have to let your, your way of thinking and your mindset be conformed to God's word. Not to reports that are out there, scarcity, scarcity, lack, lack, sickness, disease. No, you have to understand that there is a covenant exemption in Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that you're exempt from trials and things like that or challenges, but it does mean that with a covenant with God, there is always a covenant solution to give you the victory. Praise God. So you don't have to be like the unbelievers that are out there that are just, you know, sweating it out, pulling out their hair, walking around in fear and worry and things like that. No, you can be in God's shade. While they're under the heat, you can be in the cool shade of God's promises and God's infallible, unmovable word for those that put their faith and trust in him. And I know that's who you are. Praise God. Now, We are in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able. Now, of course, many Christians would say, well, Pastor Stephen, I know that God's able. I know he's good. I know he's able. But I just don't know if he will actually do it. Well, in the Greek, whenever you see that phrase able, it implies in the original language, not only that he's able, but it also carries the meaning that he's willing. Now, it doesn't need to be said because that's already implied And that's what Greek scholars tell us. And it's there. And you can look these things up. But I'm telling you that God is not only able, he's willing. God wants you to experience this. Jesus said, this is why I came. So that you can have Zoe life operating in your life. Not when you die and get to heaven. Oh, we know that it'll be off the charts then. But he wants you to have some heaven on earth. Praise God. As much as you would like to receive, as much as you are able to contain Now to him who was able and willing to do exceedingly abundantly. 
Above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, that word abundantly is the word parasos, and it means more than is necessary. But with the epistle, the letter of Ephesians, this is a letter that theologians say is the book in the Bible that is superlative upon superlative. Just when Paul makes a statement that's so rich that you just need to camp there a little while to assimilate it, right after it, the next thing you know, you get hit with something that stacks it even higher. And that's what Jesus did. He said, I came to bring you Zoe life. And you're thinking, hey, Lord, there's a lot of different words for life you could have chosen. And you chose the word that that is portraying a God quality of life. That's the highest level of walking in the blessing and enjoying that. And while you're trying to wrap your heart around that, then he finishes it up by saying, and even more, just exceedingly more, boom, I'm going to pile it on you. Mm-mm. And that's the way God is. And that's also the way the Holy Spirit is working through the Apostle Paul, inspiring him to write this. Because right in front of the word abundantly, we have the word exceedingly. And the word exceedingly in the Greek is the word hyper, H-Y-P-E-R. Mm-mm. Now, in the ancient Latin language, Latin's pretty much a dead language unless you're a monk in a monastery and you're going to still <laughs> study Latin <laughs> to be able to pray certain prayers. Amen. Uh, not too many people read Latin anymore, but in the ancient Latin, which is what was, you know, the, many of the Roman people spoke, um, that word was actually the word super, S-U-P-E-R. So you can think of the word exceedingly as the word super or the word hyper. And I want to go with the hyper today because that's actually in the Greek what the Greek means. And Latin is not a biblical language, although, of course, uh, you know, the Bible was translated into Latin, but we're pulling directly from the original text from the Greek, and it is the word hyper. And I'm here today to tell you that God wants you to have a hyper life. Praise God. Now, I didn't say God wants you to be hyperactive. (laughs) Although maybe if you're a little bit slow in your motions and in your movings, let that touch your body as well. Praise God. But God wants you to have a hyper life, a life that is extremely blessed. And of course, this is a statement. We're pulling these words straight from the Bible. This is in the original Greek. Praise God. God wants you to have a hyper life. He wants you to have a super life, a super level of living in the blessing. But I think that as we dig into this, that you'll see that in order to have a hyper life, which is what John 10, 10 is, that, that Zoe level of living is an elevated level of living of the blessing working in your life in every facet. That is a hyper type of life. Praise God. But in order to have a hyper life, you need to shift into hyper drive. Now, hyperdrive would refer to movement, and um, I'm going to jump uh, out of the Bible just for a moment. I'm going to jump uh, into some sci-fi. How about that? And I think it was Star Wars that probably termed the coin hyperdrive, you know, where you push the button on your starship, and uh, suddenly you're taken into this phenomenal level of speed that uh, allows you to cross galaxies uh, without taking millions of years, just takes a few minutes, and you can enjoy the drive and drink a coffee while, you know, all the stars and galaxies are going by in a blur. But 
Hyperdrive basically is a super fast mode of getting you where you want to go, whether it's across the, gal- uh, the galaxy or in, you know, just this is movement at a different level of speed. Well, Pastor Stephen, how do I get into some type of hyperdrive? Well, I think that you can see the movement to get into the hyper life right here in this verse, verse 20, because I know that's what you want. You want to step into it more fully. And let's take a look at it here. Let's go through uh, Ephesians 3, verse 20, one more time. Now to him who is able and willing to do exceedingly, hyper, hyper, abundantly. See, see how they're getting stacked? All of these words are like, wow, God, is it really this good? And it is. It is. Let's step into it. Now to him who is able and willing to do exceedingly, hyperly, abundantly, supremely, above all, and the Amplified Bible says above all and beyond that which you can dare ask, imagine, or think. Now here it is. Here's the catch. Here's the clincher. According to the power that works in us. If you'll release this power that's within you as a believer, then you start getting into the hyper life. And it's the releasing of this power that I could use, if I can use a modern day term, is the hyperdrive system. Wow, that starts moving you quickly into this blessing, touching, just your life with such rich beauty. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, what is that? According to the power that works in us, Pastor Stephen, what is this power that's working in me? That used to puzzle me. And I read, I don't know how many commentaries, um, but here was the challenge. Um, a lot of the commentaries that are out there, they're, they're written by intellectually brilliant men, and there's a few women also. Uh, usually it seems the field of uh, theology and Greek scholarship a lot of times falls in the lap of, um, you know, the men. Although there's some pretty good, uh, I know the first and second Corinthians were actually, for the NIV, was translated by a lady. Um, she, I don't even know if that lady believed in God, but she was a very good scholar. <laughs> I won't go into her background. Nevertheless, my friends, here, when you're trying to find out what is really being referred to here, what is this power? Um, so a lot of the commentaries, they really skip around it. and Or maybe they'll just take a stab at it. And uh, I never quite felt right with what they were suggesting that this power is. So you have to dig deeper and really get commentaries by Greek scholars that are within what we would call Pentecostal or full gospel type circles, or else others are going to try to explain it, but because it's not working in their lives, oftentimes they dilute it and basically say, you can't really walk in this, but you can because it tells you that you can according to the power that works in us. You know what that is? That power working in you is the spirit of faith. Oh, praise God. I want to show it to you. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13. You need to release this power in you. It is the spirit of faith. With faith, you can move mountains. With 
your faith. Your, your faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Everything that the world uh, can throw at you, you can overcome it through the spirit of faith. Praise God. But you have to release that spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians, we're in chapter 4. Let's go to verse 13. And since, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. Praise God. This believing in the heart, not, not necessarily in the head, because with your head, using your intellect and your reasoning, you can uh, see certain things, but it, it must go from your head into your heart to where it's not just something that you understand or you realize, okay, that makes sense. I can see that, that I can see the truth of that, but it really has to get into your heart strong. And then that spirit of faith, as you release that faith on the inside of you through the spirit of faith, I'm telling you, things start moving. And what starts uh, being unfolded in your life is this hyper life of the Zoe life of God breaking forth in your life against any uh, circumstances of the world system that would say, no, you can't rise here. Well, that Zoe life will crush anything. Zoe life can grow anywhere when it's released. Praise God. Mm -mm. No matter what your situation, no matter what you're up against, the Zoe life of God rushing into your life will begin to change your circumstances, whether it's sickness, whether it's uh, mental challenges, whether it's uh, your IQ. Um, I, I mean, th that thing with IQ, you have to understand, I, I come from a very smart family. My brother is in the Mensa Society. You have to be a genius. You have to pass a test. <laughs> you can't just say, hey, I qualify. No, they'll, they'll, they want to find out if you qualify. <laughs> uh, my, my, my father was a, 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 I mean, he, my father worked at the, um, what is it, the Oak Ridge uh, Atomic Center, uh, uh, you know, where the, uh, a lot of the scientists were working, you know, earlier, back in the 40s on the atomic bomb and stuff like that. And so I come from a very brilliant family. But uh, for some reason, it, it seemed like a lot of that stuff, it skipped me. And while my brother's blowing the curve on all the classes and I'm trying to follow him and I, I just like, uh, you know, I just, my mind, it, it, it wouldn't click. But yet my younger brother also very good in mathematics and so forth and um, understanding chemistry and things like that. But for me, uh, it, was, it was very frustrating. But once I got filled with the Holy Spirit, Although that career field was not for me to go into science or anything like that. But once I got touched with the Holy Spirit, I could grasp things I could never grasp before. I could, I could look at it like, oh, I can't believe I used to struggle with that. Almost like laugh at it. That literally could, could laugh at it because I, I used to think, wow, I couldn't get that. And it's not because I got older. It's because understanding came by the Holy Spirit and the spirit of faith being released in the Zoe life of God operating in your life. It'll touch your mind. And so if you're in a career field and you're struggling, you know, just say, God, you have promised me Zoe life operating the very highest level of blessing. And Lord, let that blessing operate in my career field where I'm at the top. I'm at the head. Woo. Praise God. Not at the bottom. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. The Zoe life 
of God getting on your mind, mostly getting into your spirit by faith. Because there's some things your mind is not going to be able to overcome in life. There's some things only your body has limitations. But your spirit, that's where faith resides, within your spirit, within your heart. And releasing the spirit of faith, that's how you move mountains. And that's how you get into the area of miracles manifesting in your life. And the fullness of what God has planned for you and that rich destiny being fulfilled Woo! You get into that with the spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. And since we have the same spirit of faith, all of the great men and women of the Bible, they had one thing in common, and it wasn't a spirit of doubt, <laughs> and it wasn't a spirit of fear and unbelief. No, they all had the same thing. It was a spirit of faith. And that's what we need today in the body of Christ. We need people to rise up with the spirit of faith. And uh, we're living in unprecedented times of great challenges as a nation. And my, my friends, we need to be the ones that have faith that says, yes, let's go forward. And let's not be paralyzed with fear. Let's go forward with faith in God. And as you move, God will move with you. All this fear and all this uncertainty, it creates indecisiveness, and it not only causes people to retreat, it just locks people sometimes into a paralysis, and they can't do anything because they're afraid they're going to mess up on something. But with God, with faith, you're going to do something. You might not be sure what it is, but I'll tell you one thing. Faith has movement. You're not a dead, stagnant pond. No, you have the Zoe life flowing into you, and that's bringing constant ideas, constant revelation. You're never stuck. You're never hung out to dry when you're walking with God. Mm, 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 mm. And since we have the same spirit of faith, I mean, you're talking about Moses and Joshua and Caleb and, and David. I mean, David actually, he's quoting from David. And, and now Paul's saying, he, say, he says, yeah, we've got this thing going on. And since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. See, that believing it and speaking it puts you on record as a person of faith, not hiding back in the corner saying, you know, well, we better not say anything. And if we do, we better just whisper it because we don't want to be on record as having, you know, stood for something that, you know, God stood for. No. Uh, Remember, faith always it always works better. It produces better when you just have more boldness mixed in with it. Praise God. I love the Nigerian people. It seems like there's something about Nigeria that if you're not going to serve God, you're going to be really corrupt. And uh, some of the greatest scammers, some of the greatest mail fraud comes out of Nigeria. But at the same time, when a Nigerian gets saved and gets hooked up, with the word of faith message and, you know, receives the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they run with it. I mean, not just like a little bit. They want the full thing. They want the full Zoe life. And that's why you see massive churches. I'm I'm not just talking like a building. You're talking cities. You don't just go to church. You walk into a metropolis. And um, it's, it's beautiful to see that. And I like that bold faith of the Nigerians. I've got some good Nigerian friends. Praise the Lord. Amen. They, I, I get many invitations to come to Nigeria. The time will come. The time will come. And I'll hop around to many different cities when I get there, many different churches. Praise God. But my friends, you've got to turn that spirit of faith loose. Praise God to get into the hyper life. You can't be all shriveled up with your faith and think that John 10, 10 is just going to blossom in your life. You have to have a spirit of faith. 
Pastor Stephen, how come some things just don't work for others? They don't have any faith. They just don't have any faith, and they, they're, they're just governed by the circumstances. And if the circumstances are negative, they go down with everything else. But my friends, with faith, the spirit of faith, you can go uphill in the blessing when the current's going downhill. That, that's the power. That's the power of God's Zoe life. Mm-mm. Very quickly, very quickly, Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, this is amazing. Look at verse 3. Paul said, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Now, he said, Because your faith grows exceedingly. The word exceedingly in the Greek is the word hyperzano, and it means to increase beyond measure in your faith. To increase beyond measure in your faith. Hyperzano. I'm sure you're picking up on that word hyper. Now look, in John 10.10, we see this extraordinary life that Really, Paul bringing out more fully what Christ has accomplished for us through the fulfillment of his mission. And looking at Ephesians 3.20, we see that really this, this, is, this is an invitation into the hyper life. This is the ultimate level of living in Jesus Christ. So there is hyper life. How do we get into it? Through your hyper drive. What is that? Spirit of faith. Some of you, you've been on your starship too long. You've never reached over there and pushed the hyperdrive button. You never have reached over there and pushed the spirit of faith button and ever stepped out in anything except salvation. Maybe you used to get your, uh, you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit, or maybe some of you have used it for healing. But I'll tell you what, there's no substitute for uh, having heard from God and getting prayed up and stepping into something by faith. Woo, or you're now carrying faith liability. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Feels good. Hallelujah. Why? Because you can feel, you can feel your faith holding that up. And it's not a struggle. It's not a strain. God's with you. God's in it. What's going on? You're in hyperdrive mode. Praise God. You're cruising through your star system. Hallelujah. Enjoying the ride. Why? Because you're in the spirit of faith. And you're in faith. And when you're in faith, it's going to come out because Paul said we have the same spirit of faith we believe. And therefore, because we are in faith, because we are in hyperdrive mode, we speak. We speak. Hallelujah. And it's not words of unbelief. It's words like Joshua and Caleb were shouting, shouting over all of the unbelief of the 10 negative spies who gave what the Bible called an evil report. They're not just spewing out doubt and unbelief like, hey, you know, this is, we're just giving you our view. God called it an evil report. This is serious stuff. Praise the Lord. So my friends, Joshua and Caleb were like, no, no, hey, don't listen to the 10. We can go up. Not only can we go up, we can go up right now and take it. Let's go. Let's go right now. Let's just stop the conversation. Let's stop the talk of all the negative stuff, the giants. Let's just go do it. Now, 
Mm -mm. Paul said we have the same spirit, and you do too. You do too, praise God. So you have to release it. You have to use it, praise God. That is the power that is in you, and that is what allows God to do exceedingly hyper, above and beyond that which you could dare ask, imagine, or think. Mm, mm, mm. This is the new covenant, and it's rich. Woo, it's good. <laughs> it's better, way better than the old. <laughs> and plus, we don't have to do all those animal sacrifices and all that other stuff. Praise God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hyper life, hyper drive. And look at this, because your faith grows exceedingly. Well, isn't that amazing? That's the word hyperzano. What is that? It's basically hyper faith. This is hyper faith. Now, there have been those in the body of Christ who, and most of them, you have to admit, 99% of them that are the critics do not believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, do not believe in modern-day miracles, do not believe in the supernatural power of God, and they criticize certain preachers, and they say, those are hyper-faith preachers. And yet, right here in the Bible is hyper-faith. There it is. Look at that. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Pastor Stephen, are you a hyper-faith preacher? Well, if you're, if you're not, you're not a preacher of the New Covenant. Because here it is, because your faith grows exceedingly, because your faith grows in a hyper way. That's hyper faith. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, the way you're talking, you might even be one of those hyper grace preachers. That's in the Bible too. Mm -mm. See, sometimes we hear the critics, you know, say these things and it's just all coming out of their soulish intellectual way because there's a lot of things in the Bible you're never going to get right just by your brilliant intellect. You're going to have to catch it by revelation. And if you don't have the revelation of it, there's a lot of critics. But I tell you what, for those that caught the revelation and are walking in it, it's working. It's working. And, uh, and we're loving it. Praise God. By the way, speaking of God's grace... Look at this, Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. That word abounded is the word hyper. Now, I've got to read this from the Weiss translation. By the way, that's a good, that's a good New Testament for your personal library. I have one. And of course, it's, it's the New Testament. It's about that thick <laughs> because uh, Kenneth Wiest was a Greek scholar and his translation is more dense and thicker than the Amplified translation. But my goodness, it's worth buying it just for his, his translation of the book of Romans alone. It's just off the chart. Here's Romans chapter 5, verse 20 from the Greek scholar, Kenneth Wiest, from the Wiest translation. Where sin existed in abundance, grace was in superabundance, and some more added on top of that. Well, if there's already hyper-grace, why does God add more on top of that? Because that's just the way he is. Now, the critics all say, oh, oh, we can't have hyper-grace because that's going to give people a license to sin. 
uh, they don't need a license if they're going to if they want to sin they're going to sin anyhow <laughs> but and Paul never taught that and yet he was actually accused of that very same thing and he launches into a defense of that in uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 1 and so forth and and all of the teachers today of grace they're all accused of the same thing oh you're just teaching hyper grace and if you teach that people are going to sin no it actually creates a desire in you not to sin. It makes when you realize God's goodness and his love, you're like, I, I, I want to please God. And by the way, I don't know one preacher, even amongst the well-known names that preach grace. I don't know one who's ever stood up in front of a pulpit, in front of a camera and said, sin on purpose, because don't worry about it because God's grace will just take care of it. Not one preacher has ever said that, that I know of or have, I've ever seen on television. I haven't seen one ever say that on television because they don't believe that, just like the Apostle Paul doesn't believe that. But they're just preaching the fullness of God's grace. And oh, what was his name? Dwight L. Moody. Dwight L. Moody basically said, if you're not preaching hyper grace, you're not preaching biblical grace because it is hyper but even in the bible in the new testament in the greek it's actually called hyper grace again Weist's translation where sin existed in abundance grace was in hyper super abundance now he says super abundance we have the word hyper in that word in the greek where sin existed in abundance grace was in super abundance and some more added on top of that I'm telling you, God's too much. This whole thing of God's Zoe life, I mean, there is a solution for any challenge you face in life. And like every promise and every blessing of God, it is received through faith in God's word. So when you walk in a spirit of faith and you say, that's mine, I mean, you're so bold, you say it. You say, that promise of God is mine. Praise the Lord. You start walking in these things, and it starts working in your life. Mm-mm. Oh, by the way, <laughs> it's too good to pass up. Back in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, that verse concludes by saying, And the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. And that word abounds means superabounding, and it's bound, and it's working right around with that same type of uh, a verb usage of hyper. So you've got hyper faith, you've got hyper love, you have hyper grace. All of these things are God are more than enough. Hyper anointing, I mean, on and on it goes. Hyper health, praise God. Hyper prosperity, more than enough so you can be a blessing to others. Glory to God. Don't limit the Lord. Don't limit the Lord. Release the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith, so that you can step into the Zoe life of God. Father, I speak blessing over your people. No hindrance, no Western limitations imposed by the Western church, the American church that says, oh, we, we have to dial it all down because that's just, that's just what we do here. Lord, no, let us, let us push it because it's there. Let us stretch ourselves and step into uh, greater expansions of your Zoe life for our personal benefit and, of course, for the benefit of others. 
Because when we're blessed greatly, we can be a greater blessing to others. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. I break all restrictions off of your people. Thank you, Father, imposed upon them by, a lot of times, religious people that had what they thought was good intent. But so many times it was warped, and it was filtered through rose-colored religious glasses. So, Father, we thank you. No limitations. No limitations on where you want to take us and on the goodness that you want to release upon us. Father, bless your people with Zoe life. Thank you. It's turning your whole household, your whole, your whole house, your whole family, your whole life, Zoe life. Father, we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. I tell you, These are rich truths from God's Word, my friends. Rich truths, a lot for us to meditate on because the New Covenant really is that good. Jesus unloaded the fullness of His blessing upon you and I. I like what Paul said when he was writing to the Romans. He said, when I come to you again, I'll be coming in the fullness of the blessing. Can you imagine Paul saying, now when I come to you again, I I just hope to get there. I'm riding on fumes. I just hope you'll make it. You'd be thinking, well, uh, if that's the way you are, what are you going to deliver? Because what you have is what you deliver. He said, when I come, I will be coming in the fullness of the blessing. And that's what I see you walking in as well. That's Zoe life. Hallelujah. Now, if you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, his life and experiencing it begins by faith and trust in him. If you don't know him, but you would like to receive him now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you, Jesus, for laying your life down for me. Jesus, I take you now as my Lord and Savior. I put my trust in you. Save me now. Wash my sins away with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me now. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And my friends, it's done. He's heard your your prayer, and he has saved your soul. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. All together, let's take Holy Communion together as a church family. Please grab some unleavened bread, and let's grab some grape juice, and let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We set it apart as holy. We consecrate it through this prayer. And Father, we ask that you would bless it. And we thank you that this is now the body, the flesh, and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the body of the Lord, we thank you that everything that he provided was more than enough, more than enough, more than enough, more than enough grace. We just thank you, Father God, for your nature. Help us to understand your nature and to celebrate it. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. We receive the body of Jesus now. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together.
Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, able to wash away all sin, more than able to wash away the darkest, vilest sins. We thank you, Father God, that your grace is super abundant, and you add it more on top of that. We thank you, Father God, for your super abundant grace, and we will not water down your word or apologize for what it actually says. Father, we celebrate your word and we embrace it. Thank you, Father God, that you're, that the blood of Jesus is able to wash the vilest sinner clean when they put their trust in Christ. Father, we thank you that as we receive the blood of Jesus now, we thank you that we walk in right standing with you. We ask, Father, that if we have committed any sins, that you would wash them all away through the blood of Christ. And we completely, 100% forgive anyone who has sinned against us. Father, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We pray for those that would be lost and bound in false religions, tied up in idolatry, tied up in cults, tied up in these various forms of thievery where the devil tries to steal the souls of men and women and lead them to hell. Father, let the truth of the gospel just go forth and liberate the captives. We thank you, Father God, for people coming out of false religions, coming to the light of the gospel, coming to Christ. We give you praise, Father God, that Jesus still saves and delivers today and that he's saving men and women, boys and girls all around the world. We thank you, Father God, that it is the truth of the gospel that liberates people from the lies of the thief, of the devil. We give you praise, Father God. We thank you that everything bad is of the devil. He's a thief. He steals. He kills. He destroys. We thank you that everything good, oh God, is from you. We celebrate you. We celebrate the blood of Jesus. We proclaim his death until he comes. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' great name. Amen and amen. Let's receive together. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. There are some watching in China that are being liberated right now. Pastor Stephen, they can't watch YouTube in China. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what they're watching over there in that communistic country. Hallelujah. Lord bless the church in China. But some are being liberated right now from a false cult. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the teaching of your word, bringing light and understanding, setting people free. Father, we treasure your word your principles, your teachings. Why don't you just take your Bible right now and kiss your Bible, kiss the Word of God. Father, thank you for your holy Word. Thank you, Father God. It is a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. My friends, thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back on Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. It will be glorious. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sowing your seeds to support the television outreach of the ministry. 
And I look forward to seeing you in just a few more days. Till then, stay blessed and walk in the Zoe life of God. Bye-bye.